Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us. Yes, Kenny, plenty of boredom here, my friend. Settle in. It's almost as good as masturbating. You'll find out if you stick around long enough. Longer than two minutes, anyway. It's going to be tough. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. What an absolute pleasure to see you there. Hope you've had a lovely day. I certainly have. We're back again for another week, the Daily Boogie. Thanks for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you had a good weekend. Hope you loosened up. Hope you're live. I hope you're feeling good. I hope, you know, wherever this broadcast finds you, I hope that you can reach out to somebody that you love someone you care for, or maybe even a complete stranger. Try to identify somebody who might be going through a rough patch or, say, just in your vicinity within arm's length. Reach out to them. Stroke them. Let them know that you're there. And let them know that you care. Because that's how we roll. Who knows, you might be president one day. Show, show people that you care. Be very empathetic and compassionate. Reach out and touch somebody. We will get into that. But I've got so much to go over. Before we do, uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to touch me appropriately, inappropriately some more, then you can do so by getting in touch on Twitter. At Boogie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the piste de resistance of today's fun and games, uh, we have to do a little bit of follow-up. Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this, and it is ratcheting up. Lightning speed. It continues. Now it's getting written about in the New York Times. Countries want to ban weaponized social media. What would that look like? Good question. I imagine it would look like pretty much what it looks like now, but just more, <laughs> just even less fun. What if live streaming required a government permit and videos could only be broadcast online after a seven second delay? What if Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter were treated like traditional publishers expected to vet every post, comment, and image before they reach the public? Or like Boeing or Toyota, held responsible for the safety of their products and the harm they cause. Well, that's that's a misnomer right there. Do you see how already they're going to try and massage this and manipulate this? That these that Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter are just it's just like Toyota. It's just like Boeing. See, if the engine fails on a jet airliner, well, of course Boeing would be responsible for that. The difference here is, of course, though. If somebody gets in in control, if somebody gets into the cockpit of a jet airliner and then flies it into a bunch of people, killing them, 
Boeing's not responsible for that. If somebody drinks and drives and causes an accident in their Toyota, you don't blame Toyota. You blame the person who was doing it. Imagine what the internet would look like if tech executives could be jailed for failing to censor hate and violence. Hate. That's a tricky one. See, at least with violence, at least if they were just saying we're going to censor violence, at least then you would say, okay, it's clear. We have a clear line that we can't go over. But even then it would start to get sketchy when, say, for example... Remember that the live stream of somebody punching Richard Spencer in the face? Remember Bash the Fash? Punch, punch a Nazi? That's violence. That would now have to be banned legally. Under threat of crippling sanction or jail time for the people who allow it to go live. But at least if that was the line, then everybody would know where the line is. But censor hate... That's where things start to get a little trickier. These are the kinds of uh, proposals under discussion in Australia and New Zealand as politicians in both nations move to address popular outrage, popular outrage, over the massacre this month of 50 people at two mosques in Christchurch in New Zealand. See, the problem here is address popular outrage. So the popular outrage may be very well, would you say, justified for the killing of innocent people being gunned down. That outrage may very well be popular and justified, but how that now extends into the world of, eh, maybe we should ban live streaming. I'm not sure that there's popular outrage for that. It seems we are transplanting the popular outrage from one action and then applying it to a whole nother area. Just like that. With no conversation. It just has to happen. If the two countries move ahead, it could be a watershed moment for the era of global social media. No established democracies have ever come as close to applying such sweeping restrictions on online communication, and the demand for change has both harnessed and amplified rising global frustration with an industry that is still almost entirely shaped by American law and Silicon Valley's libertarian norms. This is our, our this is our conservative prime minister, believe it or not. Big social media companies, this is a quote, big social media companies have a responsibility to take every possible action to ensure their technology products are not exploited by murderous terrorists. What other companies have a responsibility to ensure that their products are not exploited by murderous terrorists? What other industries might be exploited by murderous uh, terrorists? They mentioned Toyota in the opening of this article. I seem to notice from the images I see of ISIS people driving around in the desert in the Middle East, a lot of them appear to be on the back of fucking Toyotas, don't they? There seems to be a lot of Hiluxes cruising around in Syria and Iraq. Maybe Toyota should be held responsible for the fact that ISIS terrorists are, you know, exploiting their product. Maybe we should ban Toyota. Of course not. (laughs) Don't be stupid. Don't be silly. Don't be silly, Boogie. This is serious. We're trying to protect people here. 
We're trying to protect people from harm. Quote, it should not just be a matter of doing the right thing, it should be the law. The push for government intervention with a bill to be introduced in Australia this week reflects a surge of anger in countries more open to restrictions on speech than in the United States and growing impatience with distant companies seen more as worried about their business models than local concerns. Yes, I can't imagine why YouTube might be a little apprehensive about governments coming in and telling them that they can no longer do what it is that they do. I I wonder why they may have some kind of trepidation when dealing with government officials who probably do not know the first thing about live streaming at all coming in and saying, well, you know what, because that one guy live streamed uh, a hideous event on Facebook to a total of 10 people, there was 10 people watching that live stream, 10, one zero, not 10,000, not 10 million, 10. Because of that one event, I think we're going to have to ban YouTube. Really? I can't imagine why these companies would have any kind of issue with that. Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, argues that there must be middle ground, that some kind of international consensus, here we go, is needed to keep the platforms from limiting public protection only to certain countries. Remember, I told you, this never stops in the one country where it's announced. The way it works is a particular politician in a particular country comes up with this fantastic idea to protect the population from hate. From hate, ladies and gentlemen, whatever that means. And then this particular idea, grubby and censorious and totalitarian and tyrannous as it is, gets the little bureaucrats from one country talk to the little bureaucrats from another country And then those little bureaucrats get together and then they sell this idea to their elected officials in their own nations. Well, we've got to protect the people from hate. This will be incredibly popular. You'll win votes because of this, sir. You're a visionary, sir. Ultimately, we can all promote good good rules locally, but these platforms are global. Ah, yes. Global government action on the internet. It's about time, isn't it? We just want to protect people from hate. Uh, By the way, protecting people from hate, you'll be interested to know, we're going to talk about immigration in a second. Uh, In the last 48 hours, an EU government official has come out and said, if we don't change the laws in terms of immigration, illegal or otherwise, into the European Union, the European Union can expect an influx of 10 million people from North Africa in the next 12 months. And in a totally unrelated topic, of course, uh, in Germany, criticism of the EU's immigration policy is defined as in law as hate speech. So I guess we could we should all be lining up to have these governments ban hate speech on the internet globally. Because we wouldn't want anybody to feel offended, would we? Trump cuts aid to Central American countries as migrant crisis deepens. 
The US government cut aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras on Saturday after President Donald Trump blasted the Central American countries for sending migrants to the United States and threatened to shut, shutter, shutter. I think that's supposed to say shut down the US-Mexico border. A surge of asylum seekers from the three countries have sought to enter the United States across the southern border in recent days. On Friday, Trump accused the nations of having set up migrant caravans and sent them north. Trump said there was a very good likelihood he would close the border this week if Mexico did not stop the migrants from reaching the United States. Frequent crosses of the border, including workers and students worried about the disruption to their lives, the president's threatened shutdown would cause. What I found most interesting here is, unfortunately, uh, the headline. Migrant crisis? What crisis? What crisis, bro? There's no crisis. Are you talking about this manufactured crisis? Isn't it funny how during the midterms it was a manufactured crisis and now that the midterms are over, it's a crisis again? That's strange. It went from migrant crisis to manufactured crisis to now it's a humanitarian crisis. And you must do whatever you can to let as many people in as possible because there's no crisis. <laughs> do you ever get the feeling that you are a ball of yarn and, you know, the political elites and the corporate press are just battering you from one paw to another like a kitten would with a ball of yarn? <laughs> crisis? There's no crisis. Donald Trump needs to address the crisis that doesn't exist. By cutting aid to the Central American countries, Donald Trump is worsening a migrant crisis that is of his own imagination. This far-right conspiracy theory of a manufactured crisis is not a real problem. The real problem is Donald Trump. Why? Because he wants to cut aid to the Central American countries, which is worsening the migrant crisis that doesn't exist. You would go mad trying to keep up with their madness. So the only way to stay sane <laughs> is to just play along and pretend to be crazy. Uh, I thought this was interesting, CBS News. Smugglers, lawyers and cooks. The booming business of getting migrants across the border. Now it's just a business opportunity. <laughs> wait, wait till you see this. Now we are... Uh, would you say, not maybe not glorifying, but we're definitely putting a humanitarian tinge on the people smugglers and the people smuggling business, amazingly, on CBS. I couldn't fucking believe it when I saw this. The coyotes. For many migrants, the first major hurdle on the dangerous journey north is crossing the Darien Gap, 60 miles of dense jungle that strad uh, straddles the border between Colombia and Panama. Rather than try to nav navigate and survive it on their own, Many migrants enlist so-called coyotes, like Emerson Gonzalez Jimenez and his partner in this underground trade, Augustin, who declined to give his last name. Wise choice, sir. <laughs> Wise choice, Augustin. He's a very smart boy. Listen to this. I helped a lot of people, particularly women and children, said Gonzalez Jimenez. Isn't he what? Isn't he a fucking isn't he a saint? This guy? Senor Coyote? Because many people have passed through here and not made it. They have fallen. They have fallen and died. And that's why a person like that needs someone to guide them and guide them well. <laughs> He's like a missionary. He's like a missionary guiding the women and children through the jungle. 
He does it for the love. And apparently he charges $700 for this humanitarian effort. 700 bucks. 700 smackaroos. So apparently uh, CBS is doing a little documentary series on, you know, the human smugglers and what great guys they are for helping out the women and children. Let's have a little look. To survive the dangerous trek, 60 miles through unforgiving wilderness, migrants seek out locals who know the terrain, black market guides known as coyotes. Look pretty good. Who wouldn't like a nice steaming bowl of jungle rice with Emerson Jimenez, the the lovely, kind-hearted coyote who guides women and children from one place to another from the goodness of his heart. He, he's filled with the milk of human kindness. He'll even cook your rice in the evening. It's like a field trip. I also work in mining as well. Emerson says he charges each migrant about $700 to get them across the Panamanian border. Only 700 Only 700 Look out, Airbnb. He's been supplementing his farming and mining wages in this way for nearly a decade with Agustin, his longtime partner in this underground trade. Gone through hard times. We're very good friends. We're like a brother, you could say. We're like brothers. Most people think we smugglers are bad. But if a person needs to go from there to here and can't do it, and they tell me I'm going to pay you five, ten, twenty dollars to take me to whatever location, to me that's good. Well done, Jimenez. Jimenez, Mister Senor Jimenez, ladies and gentlemen, isn't he a wonderful chap? What the hell? How the hell could you be against this? What are you, some kind of bigot, some kind of racist? What, you got a problem with this? How the hell could you have a problem with this? You sick, you sick, disgusting racists, you. Aren't they just wonderful human beings? You know, we, we help the women and children. And if somebody wants to get from one place to another, well, I think I'm doing a good thing. And bra- bravo to you, sir. <laughs> bravo. So can we stop, please, can we please stop criticizing the, the coyotes? That's a terrible name. We shouldn't call them coyotes. We should call them, you know, caretakers or spirit guides, perhaps. Let's look after the caretakers, the spirit guides, Senor Jimenez and his kind-hearted crew escorting women and children through the deathly jungles to get to the land of opportunity. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm shedding a tear. Uh, in case the Mueller report, the migrant caravan and uh, grabby grab Jojo wasn't getting your attention, Brian Stelter says ratings are down because it's been a slow news week. CNN chief media correspondent Brian Stelter had a unique explanation Wednesday night for why CNN and MSNBC's ratings are plummeting since the conclusion of the Mueller investigation. Stelter wrote in his newsletter, Reliable Sources, I have got to get on that mailing list. I am missing out, baby. 
Wednesday night that viewers aren't tuning in to CNN and MSNBC because, quote, there hasn't been much news. (laughs) By the way, by the way, this guy is a paid media analyst. His job is to analyse media. He gives massage at night with not-so-happy endings, says Natsuk in the chat about Senor Jimenez. Since special counsel Robert Mueller delivered his report on Russian collusion to Attorney General Bill Barr, Fox News has not been affected by the alleged slow news week. <laughs> Still to reason, because Barr's letter on the Mueller findings is, quote, being celebrated like a sequel to election night. There he is. There's Bri Bri. Uh, here's some guy who's also a media analyst talking to Tucker. Joe Concha writes about media for the Hill newspaper, and he joins us tonight. Joe, thanks a lot for coming on. So Pelosi says on Monday we're pivoting to health care. The next day CNN scraps its lineup and does health care in every single hour. Could it be more obvious? After listening to that montage, it appears that synchronized swimming is more than just an Olympic sport. Apparently, uh, it's being played in non-Olympics years as well. Uh, look, that's called the pivot. Right? Let's carry on. Right. We talked about this last week, I think, that the pivot would be made. And sure enough, here we are at the pivot. And look, I, I would say if you were to tell me this the a pivot. couple of days ago, I'd say, I don't know about, you know, the DNC or Pelosi then telling a network what sort of narrative they should go with. But then it hit me. And I remember this. The WikiLeaks stump of 2016, where you had emails that prove a point around this completely, where you had reporters talking about quote approval, going to their sources first saying, hey, is, is this OK? You know, if I use this or I don't use this. Sharing stories in advance was was another example. Teeing up stories and narratives and then emails talking about which reporters are the best to go to for that from the DMC and then openly advising campaigns on strategy. So does this sound crazy? Well, maybe not, because right on paper in those emails, we saw this happen once. There's no reason to think that it isn't happening again based on what you just laid out. So you've been in MSNBC anchor Rachel Maddow who dedicated the majority of her program to the Russian collusion conspiracy, lost 500,000 viewers in just one week after Barr and Muller, 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 Muller. I can't help it. My my German heritage makes me, when I see that name, I just have to say Muller, Muller. Otherwise, I can picture my grandmother slapping me across the back of the head if I say Muller, like common American trash. No, no. No insult intended, my American brothers and sisters. Found no collusion. The trend continued Tuesday night when CNN and MSNBC's primetime programs combined for an average of 2.6 million viewers, while Fox News dominated the ratings with an average of 3.3 million. Maddow, who routinely delivered more than 3 million viewers and challenged Fox News' Sean Hannity for the top cable news spot, brought in 2.5 million viewers on Tuesday. Just a slow news week. Nothing going on. Let's cross live now to Brian Stelter for his exclusive analytical report about the ratings drop on CNN. Brian, what have you got for us? There's not much news going on. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Speaking of not much going on, former US Vice President Joe Biden accused of inappropriate behavior by a female politician. Inappropriate. Just inappropriate. It wasn't weird, it wasn't creepy, it wasn't sexual. It wasn't way over the top. It was inappropriate. 
It's kind of like not leaving a tip at a cafe. That's inappropriate. Former US Vice President Joe Biden tipped to challenge Donald Trump has been accused of blatantly inappropriate behavior. Mm, blatantly. Joe Biden is under fire over blatantly inappropriate and unnerving incident that allegedly occurred with a young female politician. Democrat Lucy Flores recounted her experience with the former vice president under the Obama administration in a first-person essay for New York magazine. She described an incident in which the 76-year-old, who was reportedly considering a run for president in the 2020 election, not only a run for president, but also taken Donald Trump around back of the school sheds and given him a little fisticuffs. Remember that? <laughs> Powerhouse Joe Biden. Yeah, I tell you, if I was back in school, I'd take Donald Trump around the back of the shed and give I'd give him what for? Throw your hands at me, you Nancy boy. Just before the speeches, we were ushered to the side of the stage where we were lined up by order of introduction. As I was taking deep breaths and preparing myself to make my case to the crowd, I felt two hands on my shoulders. I froze. Why is the Vice President of the United States touching me? <laughs> because he's the because he's the Vice President, baby. Apparently it's in the Constitution. And the President can slip a finger in, so I've been told. I felt him get closer to me from behind. He leaned further in and he inhaled my hair. I was mortified and I thought to myself, I didn't wash my hair today and the Vice President of the United States is smelling it. That, I love that that was her first thought. That was her first thought. Oh, damn it, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't use the good shampoo. I didn't wash my hair today and now Joe is getting a whiff. He's going to think I am common street trash. Damn it. Wish I had a shaved. And also, what in the actual fuck? Why is the Vice President of the United States smelling my hair? Do you know what? This is this is one of those things, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, and I could, you know, people can argue with me if they want. I don't care. But I have a sneaking suspicion that anybody who is already in the tank for Joe Biden is not going to have their mind changed at all by this whatsoever. And I've got a feeling like the first thing I thought of when I saw this was the Democrats, because I'm sure that this is coming from the Democrats. It's some other Democrat trying to take down Joe Biden because they're killing each other. They're all leaking on each other. They're all spreading uh, rumors and muck about each other in this nomination phase. It's pretty obscene. But I have a feeling that this indicated to me that the Democrats haven't learned a goddamn thing in the last three years. Let me explain. Donald Trump had literally 20 women come out and accuse him of far worse than smelling their hair. And you know what people did? Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. I don't believe him. It's bullshit. I don't care. People don't care anymore. It's like we have come to the stage where Various forces in the Western world have successfully managed to, you know, with the application of just pure dripping nihilism, strip away any kind of moral boundary whatsoever, where everything is, you know, everything is both an outrage and insignificant at the same time. Do you know what I mean? We're outraged about certain things, but we have no moral, no moral uh, barometer at all anymore. 
So here's another thing too. Now this might have gone down exactly the way that she says it, right? I'm not saying it didn't, but I'm so cynical now. Part of me thinks if you want to talk conspiracy theories, let's talk conspiracy theory. I I think it's even possible. I'm not saying it happened. Don't get me wrong, but we're just, we're just floating theories here. We're discussing theories. I think it's possible that Biden is doing this himself. Like he sent the girl out there. Why not? We live in such a bullshit, crazy political time now. This is by far the least offensive thing that we have on Biden. The least. <laughs> this is this is milk toast. This is nothing. This is absolutely nothing compared to the rest of the shit that's floating around out there about Biden. So just watch. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it happened this way. But just watch. If in a few days somebody comes out and discredits this girl... And then they will say, oh, all this talk about Uncle Joe being a creep, well, it's all debunked now because this girl has no credibility, right? They'll de- they'll highlight the one thing that's the least offensive thing. They'll then, you know, quote unquote, debunk that one thing and then you won't be able to mention any of them. They'll all be debunked by definition. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Like I said, I'm just so cynical now. But this isn't new. This isn't new. This article was written back in 2017, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden 22... This is the Huffington Post, a known right-wing conspiracy website, obviously. The HuffPo. The HuffPo. This is back when they could afford to pay journalists. Joe Biden 2020 is a terrible idea in a post-Weinstein America. Biden mishandled the Anita Hill hearing in 91 and he's known for getting too close to women. Is that what Democrats want? See, another part of me thinks like, is are we dealing with just just straight out detachment here from Biden? Does he not know that this stuff is out there on him? Or does he know and he doesn't care? Are the political elites so protected and have been so protected for such a long time that even publications which are far left, like the Huffington Post, can write articles basically begging the politician not to run because of their grabby, grabby nature, and the politician sits back and goes, nah, fuck it, fuck it. I'll do what I want. People people won't care. People love me. They love me. I'm, I'm Uncle Joe. I'm Uncle Joe Biden. <laughs> Nobody's going to stop me running for president. Certainly certainly none of these whinging bitches, you know what I mean? Is that what we're dealing with here? Joe Biden is a man looking for his moment. Behind those famous av- uh, aviators, he's surveying the landscape to see if 2020 might just be his year to fulfill his presidential dreams. Biden has already run for president twice, although he didn't run in 2016. He thinks he could have won that race. When it's like, yeah, I could have won, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, I'm way, I'm way faster than you, but I just don't want to. I don't want to do it. I could have won that so easy, but I just, I didn't want to. When Hillary Clinton lost, she was heavily criticised for not having a populist economic message that could have reached the working class white voters who swung over to Donald Trump. Those voters are the specialty of former vice president who was born of the former vice president who was born in the Rust Belt city of Scranton, Pennsylvania. I don't know if those voters are the specialty of former vice president. Perhaps if they have a vagina. Perhaps if they have a vagina and unwashed hair. 
When he represented Delaware in the US Senate, Biden was known for taking Amtrak to and from Washington just like the regular people. Oh, isn't he a dear? According to Politico, Biden has also privately been telling people that as of now, he doesn't see anyone besides himself who could stop Trump from winning a second term. Doesn't sound narcissistic at all, does he? I am the only man that can stop Donald Trump. Well, hello, Melania. Hello. That's really what we need is another Clinton without the sacks. Does Joe Biden play a flute or something? Does he have some kind? Can he do a banjo? Can you give us a strum, Joe? Maybe then we can let you pass. The movement has extended beyond politics. Men in entertainment, media, business and other areas, we're talking about Me Too, are finally being held accountable for sexist behaviour. When former Fox News host Bill O'Reilly to producer Harvey Weinstein to comedian Louis C.K., men are losing their jobs after years of having sexually harassed or assaulted women with impunity. Biden is the wrong guy to bear the standard of any party purporting to speak to the victims of unaccountable power. Remember, known right-wing conspiracy website, the Huffington Post, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, do you want a reminder of what a great guy Joe Biden is? This was from the last year of the Obama presidency. Gift for his vice president, Joe Biden. Also on display, the kind of friendship rarely seen between high-powered politicians here in Washington. This has been quite a ride. It's a bond like we've never seen before. Oh, the best vice president America's ever had, Mr. Joe Biden. House buddy movie than a political partnership. This also gives the internet one last chance to. <laughs> do you remember how? Do you remember how the media treated these two back in the day? When you see shit like this, it really just comes flooding back, doesn't it? Oh, it's like a Hollywood buddy movie. The way these two just love each other. <laughs> Talk about our bromance. It's also nice. And then a surprise parting gift for Biden who thought he was simply coming over for a farewell oh, toast no, with the no, Obama. Oh, no, Joe, no, you're getting rewarded, my friend. Family. For the final time as president, I am pleased to award our nation's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh, yay. Oh, teary Joe. Teary Joe. The Presidential Medal of Freedom. I, I, when, when is Donald Trump going to start handing out medals? Watch everybody lose their collective fucking minds. I'd just like to hand out this Medal of Freedom. I hear it's kind of a big deal. I'm going to give it to this guy. He's a hell of a guy. You're going to love this guy. i know this guy in real estate. He's a great guy. <laughs> Boo! Not even half as charming as Joe Biden. Uh, our good friend Larry sent me this. But are we allowed to bring up that Lucy Flores is a huge Bernie person and she has, you know, political connections that might be counter well, to I mean, Biden's? <laughs> what? <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. That would be a valid question to raise, wouldn't it? Say, if somebody accusing a prominent figure of sexual assault or sexual harassment had very strong, you know, political links to a certain entity, why, that would be a fair question to raise, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? 
By the way, cue Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> Can anybody get Brett Kavanaugh on the line? Paging Mr. Kavanaugh. You know that woman that uh, accused you of sexual harassment? Yes, yes. Didn't she have very strong links to the Democrat Party? Shut up! Shut up, you sexist pig. Goals we're, we're that this could be. We're, Hold on. Yeah. Is it okay to bring up this could be politically motivated? Or are we just supposed to take all the words and the fact that she says she was violated mm-hmm. at face value? Are we supposed to just leave it there? Well, I mean, And have this, this sort of <laughs> um, attack on his credibility and his honor. Just sit there. Wow. Wow. Like I said, we are a ball of yarn being battered from one position to the next by a, a, a maniacal, demonic kitten known as the corporate media. Do, 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 do. Migrant crisis? There's no migrant crisis. That's why Donald Trump needs to keep giving aid to make sure that the migrant crisis doesn't get worse because the migrant crisis doesn't exist only in his head and on the pages of Breitbart. Are we allowed to are we allowed to talk about the political connections of this particular person? This could be politically motivated, or are we just going to attack this man's honor? By the way, Brett Kavanaugh, well, everything he does is going to be tainted now. He has no honor. He's a sexual abuser. He's practically a rapist. How dare he? How dare he live? Need to get rid of this individual immediately. Kellyanne Conway, ladies and gentlemen, my not so secret crush. Biden has treasure trove of creepy videos. White House advisor Kellyanne Conway slammed former Vice President Joe Biden on Sunday. Again, I don't think any of this matters in the grand scheme of things. None of this matters. People who have already who are already on Team Biden are not going to be swayed either way. It may sway a small percentage of Democrats who are undecided. But people who are already in the tank for Biden, they're going to stay in the tank for Biden. They're not going to give a fuck. And if you think that you would never react that way, well, the same thing would happen with Donald Trump. I reckon a video could come out of Donald Trump literally punching a woman in the face and people would still vote for him. Now, that's not an, an attack on anybody's morality, but I think that's just the stage of where we're at. People would go, yeah, well... You know, he, he, yeah, in that video, he punched that girl in the face, but dog damn it, that, that bitch had it coming. You know, <laughs> she deserved it. He's still better than Hillary Clinton. I tell you what, you know what I mean? We're beyond it. We're beyond this. And the, the whole sexual harassment thing just proves to me that Democrats really are unimaginative and can't think of any particular way at all anymore. No new and exciting way to, Smear somebody. It's done. Let's see what Kellyanne's got to say. Your reaction to what we're hearing now about this incident. First of all, this woman, Lucy, is very bold to come forward. And I would remind the audience that she shares Joe Biden's political party. He was there to help the Democratic Party of Nevada and her candidacy. So it's quite bold for her to go up against uh, the highest levels of her own political party. But all of these post Me Too allegations and insinuations are really don't comport with probably Joe Biden's conduct over the years. If anybody just types in creepy Uncle Joe videos, you come up with a treasure trove. <laughs> Did you see Kellyanne's little smile then? Because she knows what she's doing. 
She's not stupid. She she you know takes care of communications for the president, the most trolly president of all time. So she didn't just give you a suggestion to type into a search box. She gave you the name of an actual fucking video that came out two years ago from the one and only Paul Joseph Watson called Creepy Uncle Joe. (laughs) It's got about two million views. I suspect it'll have about five million by the end of the week. So who am I to argue with the lovely and alluring Kellyanne Conway? Of course. Of course, I must investigate this creepy Uncle Joe video. I must see this material for myself. In light of the sexual abuse scandal sweeping the entertainment industry, the media and Washington, D.C., we need to talk about creepy Uncle Joe. Well, that's not my invention. That's what the Washington Post labelled him back in 2015. Although written in a weird tongue-in-cheek style, the article cites numerous instances where Joe Biden made women uncomfortable. Just a little side note. Does anyone else get annoyed when British people really pronounce the G? Tongue. It's not tongue. It's tongue. Tongue. This This isn't a Pacific Island getaway. It's just a tongue by touching and grabbing them. But here's something way creepier than that. The way Uncle Joe behaves around children. Now, let's be clear. (laughs) Joe Biden has admitted no wrongdoing. No accusations of sexual harassment have been leveled against him. Publicly. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Nobody but does these little 10 minute hit videos better. One Twitter thread alone, posted by activist and commentator Richard Mills, highlighting the subject, has been retweeted nearly 20,000 times. This is going viral. Biden is also signalling that he plans to run for president in 2020. <laughs> Kiwis it in the chat. Just in case you missed it, creepy Uncle Joe. You can see it there on the bottom of the bottom of the thing. And the link to this video will be in the podcast description. Just in case, just in case you're interested. Just in case. Current polls show that Biden would beat Trump. This could become a major issue on the campaign trail. So let's take... I mean, wait till you see the next video I've got for you. It's Morning Joe. And they're going through the spin cycle and it is pure, don't get me wrong, it is pure journalistic mastery of the linguistic arts. The way that they reframe this whole, you know, this so-called controversy about Joe Biden and this inappropriate, these allegations about inappropriate behavior. It's it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant in its, you know, nihilism in that they'll just do whatever it takes to cover this guy's ass. But like I said, I don't think anybody who is in the tank for Biden is going to have their mind changed by any of this. There could be that somebody could drop a video of Joe Biden literally raping a woman at gunpoint, and they would still say, "Yeah, but we've got to get rid of Trump. Got to get rid of that fascist man." <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, if Joe Biden is the best possible chance to removing Donald Trump, then so be it. We all have to make sacrifices, darling. Now stop your crying. Here's here's a copy of The View. Here's a bottle of champagne. And you can celebrate when we kick Captain Bone Spur out of the White House. Done. Done. Me too. Shut up, me too. Me too. We're all victims of Donald Trump over here. Take a look. This is probably the most famous example. Biden leans uncomfortably close to a 13-year-old girl, whispers something in her ear, then tries to kiss her as she instinctively jerks away. Thank you. Thank you. It is fucking weird. It is weird stuff. 
Nice to see you guys. Nice to see you guys. Now, this one actually made the news at the time. They said the 13-year-old girl, Margaret Coons, didn't think what Biden said or did was creepy. Yeah, breaking on CNN. Girl, girl that Joe Biden touched inappropriately has the last name of Coons, which means she's a racist and probably a Donald Trump supporter. End of end of story. Yay, Joe Biden. By the way, coming up, Joe Biden's town hall. It will be hosted by a man. Except she didn't say anything. It was her father, Senator Christopher Coons, who claims she said that. I reached out to Margaret Coons to clarify whether or not she thought it was creepy and to ask her what Biden said. I received no response. The official story is that Biden was reassuring the girl that his own daughter was 13 when he was sworn in and not to be nervous about being in front of cameras. Except that in all the years Biden was sworn in as senator, his daughter was never at the age of 13. But I'm sure. Well, I'm sure he just forgot his own daughter's age. It happens all the time. Happens all the time. Oh, did I say she was 13? Fuck, I meant 21. I, I meant I meant of legal age. That's what I meant. I, she wasn't a minor or anything. What's the problem? Uh, Jeff Sessions, this happened a, a few years ago too. Jeff Sessions swats Biden's hand away from his grandchild. Watch carefully. Joe goes for the reach and then get the hell out of there. Get out of there. It was a very southern gentlemanly swat though, wasn't it? Pardon me, sir. Well, I say pardon me, Mr. Vice President. Don't touch my granddaughter. daughter. There you go. Uh, oh, just hang on. I've just got word coming in. We have live footage of Democrats protesting at the office of Joe Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Protesters, protesters are at the office of Joe Biden right now. Let's go to that clip. These are live images, folks, at the doors of the Supreme Court, where you can see protesters have gathered. They are demanding that their voices be heard as they anticipate who will what who the person who will be a new Supreme Court justice, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, be sworn or a president. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's no the the outrage at Justice Kavanaugh that was totally fair. That was totally. Do you see all this action here going on here? Look at look at all of these protesters. Wow, that's totally fair and reasonable. Because you know, Joe Biden needs to win so he can remove the orange fascist, Captain Bonespur. That's the real problem here. That's the he's the real threat. And hey, if if we all have to put up with a little bit of inappropriate touching and sniffing, then so be it. Then so be it. I mean, it's not like Joe Biden might have done a lot of things in his career, you know, touching children inappropriately on the chest, stroking their hair, sniffing them without being asked, going in for a kiss occasionally. But that's all that's all well and good. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't brag about grabbing women on the pussy on a bus with another guy being secretly filmed. He didn't do that. 
So, you know, he, he's not all bad, right? Uh, Morning Joe, ladies and gentlemen, doing what Morning Joe does best. It was just so sudden and, and unaware and, and just came from nowhere. Um, I felt these hands on my shoulders and I'm thinking, okay, that's odd. And the vice president of the United States is touching me. Um, but, you know, nothing, I guess, too out of the ordinary. But then I felt him get closer. He leaned in and was like right behind me on my body. And he leans down, smells my hair, and then plants this big, long kiss on the top of my head. And it just happened so suddenly, I, I really didn't even know how to respond. And in my brain, I just kept thinking, the Vice President of the United States is smelling me. The Vice President of the United States is touching me. He's kissing me. And, and I, just don't, I just don't know what to do. And I just kind of felt frozen. Do you think that the intentions of the Vice President at the time uh, count for anything if he you know, did not have uh, malicious uh, or ill? <laughs> Yes! Now we care about intentions. Now we care about intentions. You know, if you innocently ask a cab driver where they're from because you're curious, that the intention doesn't matter. That's a microaggression, you racist pig. How fucking dare you? Intentions do not matter. In the age of Me Too, it's all about how the person feels. That's what matters. And, you know, this woman's getting grilled on TV. Well, don't you think his intention? I mean, maybe he was trying to protect you from lice. Maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe he was trying to say, you know, maybe he uh, was suggesting a brand new kind of shampoo conditioner combination. You know, I hear he takes hairdressing very seriously. I mean, would you get offended if, you know, you were at the salon and your hairdresser sniffed your hair? I wouldn't. I mean, don't you think you're overreacting here, darling? Don't you think you're going a little bit over the top? Come on. What about his intentions? He has go- he has a heart of gold. He's filled with the milk of human kindness, just like uh, Jimenez, our, our kindly coyote, our kindly human trafficker from the first story. I take the women, I take the children, I look after them. Sometimes they fall down and they die. But, you know, I'm a good man. I do good things. I do good things for $700. (laughs) Considered intentions. Think about the intentions of these people. That's essentially what he's saying in his statement. Do you think that doesn't matter? That doesn't matter. The the intention, and and for the record, I don't believe that it was a bad intention. I, I'm not in any way suggesting that I felt sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. I felt invaded. I felt that there was a violation of my personal space. Violated. <laughs> Mika Brzezinski seems very convinced. <laughs> I love the compassion. There's so much compassion on display here. Look at look at Joe. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe this woman. I don't believe this woman. Look at all this compassion. Look at this empathy here. This is fantastic stuff. All women have to be believed, Joe. Are we back? That was Lucy Flores. All right, thanks for letting me know. So she felt uh, violated, is, is the word she uses. That was Lucy Flores, the 2014 Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor of Nevada, detailing her allegations. 
you see, you've got to pick up on the little subtle manipulations that these people do, the little subtle minimizations. It's an art form, and they're very, very good at it. Mika Brzezinski is one of the best. Uh, violated is the word she used there. So you're using, you've, you have to say that that's the word she used because the inference from saying that's the word she used is it's not the correct word to use, right? Violate, violate. It's a little strong, don't you think? Don't you think? It was just a, it was just a sniff and a kiss. What's the problem here? about Joe Biden's conduct and describing what she says happened at a campaign event attended by Biden five years ago. The former vice president responded, saying in part, quote, in my many years on the campaign trail and in public life, I have offered countless handshakes, <laughs> hugs, expressions of affection. <laughs> expressions of affection. That's what we're calling it now. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> My years on the campaign trail, I've offered many expressions of affection, and I didn't hear anyone complaining. Uh, there's, is there more? Yeah, here's some more. Let's see some more expressions of affection. Uh, from the recommendation of Kellyanne Conway, Creepy Uncle Joe. Oh, the chest area of a little girl. The close of affection visibly pull away right as it happens. Love the creepy music added in there. But I'm sure that's completely normal. Biden <laughs> seems to have a thing for touching, smelling, and stroking girls' hair, wow. as seen in this clip. It's weird, Joe. It's weird, mate. But I'm sure that's completely normal. In this clip, Biden strokes the girl's hair before whispering something in her ear. He then asks for a picture with the girl alone. Senator Jim Risch then says, Dad's going to stand pretty close. <laughs> Don't leave me here. Dad's going to stand pretty close. <laughs> Biden appears. And they all laugh. It's like they all know. They all know what's going on. Why would, why would this guy want a picture with this girl alone? What, what is that? Isn't that weird? Now, see, I'm not in favor of, you know, making everything weird because I think we have gone a little bit over the top. Like now, you know, parents can't film their own kids' sporting events anymore because they get accused of being a pedophile or shit like that. But this is this is a little different, don't you think? This is a little different shade of what we're dealing with here. Like, I don't have a problem with parents filming their child's sporting events. But if the guy with the camcorder went up to one particular child that wasn't related to them at all and then said to the parents, hey, do you mind if I film your child alone with me? Then you then you'd probably raise an eyebrow. Then you'd probably raise an eyebrow. Yeah, I know. Takui in the chat says social media has been complaining for years and years over his behavior. But that's I, maybe you weren't here earlier on. That's why I was saying I don't think any of this is really going to matter. Like I said, they, they could have a video of Joe Biden literally raping a woman at gunpoint and they, the people who are in the tank for Joe Biden would say, well, so what, Donald Trump's done far worse. 
Donald Trump's a hideous individual and he needs to be removed from office. Suck it up, princess. She probably wanted to do it. Do you remember the way that they uh, treated Monica Lewinsky? They said she was a whore. She was a slut. She was asking for it. None of the usual lines about, you know, men in positions of power forcing themselves on women, that, that didn't come up. Didn't come up. She was a hussy. She was trash. Remember? They'll take whatever position, regardless of how unpopular they think it is the week before, in, you know, for their immediate political agenda. Always. Always. And, you know, the, the brutal reality is um, they've now done it for so long and so expertly that everyone else is now taking the same, the same route. Because now everyone else is like, well, if they're going to play that way, then why the fuck should I care? Because I'm only getting smashed. So fuck them. Now we're just, now we're just going to vote for people to fuck you up. And I totally understand that. And, you know, people can argue about whether it's right or wrong or it's good or bad. It's happening. It's happening. It's a reality. Who cares? Got to deal with the reality, not with not what you want the reality to be. But anyway, Joe Biden's physical style, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back to Mika Brzezinski and her squeeze. Morning, Joe. And I will. We should mention NBC News has not independently verified the specific incident took place, but has reviewed correspondence provided by Flores that appears to corroborate that she discussed the incident and sh- that she alleges around the time she says it occurred. So, but- <laughs> I love how they're throwing in these qualifiers. <coughs> yeah, MSNBC hasn't independently verified the claims. I remember watching MSNBC when Michael Avenatti was on there saying that one of his clients witnessed Brett Kavanaugh on the end of a rape train. Remember that? Remember that? And there was no independent verification of the story then. In fact, the woman who came out and made those allegations later turned around and said, well, I did it for politics. Didn't happen. Never happened. I was like, oh, shit, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Well, there was no sorry. I was like, yeah, well, he didn't do that, but he's still a bad man. But here's the thing, Eddie Glaude, uh, I'll, I'll take it to you. She felt violated. Take it to the um, hole, Eddie. I thought Biden's statement was really important because as we um, descend upon this moment, Me Too, whatever we're going to call it, things are changing. And the way women feel in certain interactions. Look, look, look at the shift that happens here. I thought Biden's statement was really important. Why? It's a PR statement. It's a political statement. It's expertly written to cover off all of the bases and make sure that you get the least amount of criticism possible and you look like the nice guy. That's what these particular press releases are written for. But why does she think that Biden's statement was important? Because now we can just blame all men. Actions are now being expressed by women and men are having to edit, change their approach, perhaps even... Men, men. Not this man. <laughs> Not this man. This man's an angel. This man strokes the hair of his victims purely out of love. But men in general, well, they're pigs. And change their entire behavior, which is not a bad thing. It's good. We're evolving it's good as thing. a society. But We're evolving. I guess what concerns me about this is the political nature of this uh, announcement of this behavior, uh, um, of this violation, so to speak. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your reaction to her story? So See, she, she's, she's, she's hitting on the word violation because that's the word that the woman used. I felt violated. 
So she she decided to use the term violated. Well, she uses the term violated, this violation, so to speak. It's all about minimizing. It's about minimizing the event. Because when you make a big deal about, you know, so to speak, this is the term she chose to use. It's all about the inference being created that it's the wrong word to use. And she's, she's being melodramatic. She's being over the top. We have to take seriously any claim, I think, about the invasion for of sure. personal space. Uh, we saw Absolutely. it, for example, Absolutely. Uh, Except in the this debate one. between uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton when he hovered behind her. And many people felt uncomfortable just by him being there. It's a weird thing to do, but I want to take seriously the claim that she felt that her, face, her space was invaded. Violation is kind of strong, mm-hmm. but I want to take seriously that. I also want to say mm-hmm. this, is that we're in a moment, a cultural shift, and the cultural shift shift means that the lines are blurry. We haven't quite settled on things yet, settled on matters yet. But what has happened is that, as you say, Mika, previous behavior can be thrown into a different light. And so I I think of... uh, Are you hearing this shit? Well, there's a cultural shift. The lines are kind of blurry and we haven't really settled on these things yet. Oh, okay. So, you know, walking up to strange women from behind without them knowing you're there grabbing them on the shoulders, smelling their hair and kissing them, that's, that's, that's still up for grabs. That's, that, thank God. Thank God, because, you know, like, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're only a kitten's whisker away from being able to slap them on the ass again. Bring back the 60s, that's what I say. Ah, still, yeah, it's a little ambiguous. We don't really know where the line is. Uh, if you've got a ten-year-old daughter, by the way, it's perfect. We still we still aren't sure whether it's appropriate or not to stroke her hair, sniff her head, whisper sweet nothings into her ear, and get personalized photos with them individually. We haven't figured that out yet. We don't know because the culture is shifting. Once upon a time, all the men were doing this. All the men were treating children this way. Why? It wasn't uncommon for men to just walk up to women in the street grab them by the shoulders, smell their hair, and give them a big wet one on the back of the head. That just happened all the time back in the old days. But, you know, the culture is shifting, so we're, still, we're not quite sure where the line is. So maybe Joe's, maybe Joe's the real victim here. Have we considered that? Maybe Joe is the victim of not being, you know, educated enough about where the new culture is headed and what the new expectations of men are. It's our fault. It's really, it's our fault. We should have made more of an effort to reach out to men like Joe Biden and explain to them what is okay and what is not okay, because really, nobody really knows. Uh, uh, what happens when Jim Crow segregation collapses and people right. who were raised under particular sets of conditions. <laughs> Do you see what's happening here? We're now comparing. We're, we're, we have now come to the conclusion that Joe Biden grabbing a woman from behind, smelling her hair and kissing her without permission is akin to people not knowing how to treat black people after the end of Jim Crow segregation. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is news. This is the real news. (laughs) Fucking unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, it's just like the end of Jim Crow. What's the difference? 
And a particular it's going to take a little time to get used to it, the new rules. The ways in which they interacted with folk, call people boy, uncle, aunt. Suddenly those, those ways of addressing are no longer acceptable. Mm. And people who were raised and reared under one set of conditions wow. now have, have to figure out how to live under a different set of conditions. Wow. Wow. It's just like the end of Jim Crow. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. I want to end on one more. Speaking of the new rules, try to end on a high note. Australian man loses bullying by breaking wind court case. An Australian appeals court on Friday dismissed a bullying case brought by an engineer who accused his former supervisor of repeatedly breaking wind toward him. The Victoria State Court of Appeal upheld a Supreme Court judge's ruling. You see... In the, in the United States, the Supreme Court is dealing with, you know, sexual assault and Roe v. Wade and these kinds of issues. Here in Australia, the Supreme Court is ruling on whether or not farting in someone's direction can constitute workplace bullying. That's what we're doing. Just want to keep you up to date with what's happening down under. We're tackling the big issues. The Victoria Courts of Appeal upheld a Supreme Court judge's ruling that even if engineer David Hingster's allegations were true, flatulence did not necessarily constitute bullying. Hinks said that he would take his case to the High Court, Australia's final court of appeal. The 56-year-old is seeking 1.8 million Australian dollars in damages from his former Melbourne employer, Construction Engineering. Hinks testified that he had moved out of a communal office space to avoid supervisor Greg Short's flatulence. Hinks told the court that he would then enter Hinkster's small, windowless office several times a day and break wind. He was being targeted. Hinks alleged that Mr. Short would regularly break wind on him or at him. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Short was thinking this to be funny. The two appeal court judges wrote in their ruling, Hinks said he would spray short with deodorant and called his supervisor Mr. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stinky's at it again. I'm being bullied by Mr. Stinky. Mr. Stinky has it in for me. He was obviously taking this very seriously by coming up with a cute little nickname like Mr. Stinky. He would fart behind me and walk away. To be fair, the guy suing sounds like a bit of a pussy. I mean, he was calling him Mr. Stinky, like a like a kid. He would fart behind me and walk away. He would do this five or six times a day. How awful. See, the, 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 the appropriate way, I hate this litigious shit, the appropriate way to deal with somebody farting on you six times a day is to eat nothing but baked beans and curry and chilli for the day before and then return the favour. And you want to make it known to the person who is farting in your office that your farts are so devastating, so bad that it will make your teeth fall out and the eyes roll back in your head. And if you ever drop another fart near me again, I am going to make this a daily and hourly occurrence for you. Because you think your farts are bad. I am going to change my entire diet just to target you with my bad air you got to escalate in those moments. That's that's how you deal with stuff like that. The appeal judge, or you say, get the fuck out of here, you smelly bastard. Fart on me one more time and I'm going to rip your fucking throat out, mate. That's how you deal with it. Next thing you know, gone. 
You don't sit there at your desk, spray deodorant around and go, oh, Mr. Stinky's bullying me. What the fuck is that, man? The appeal judges found Hinks put the issue of Mr. Short's flatulence to the forefront of his bullying case, arguing that flatulence constituted assaults. I was assaulted by the fart. The court found that Short did not bully or harass Inkst. Inkst had failed to establish that construction engineering had been negligent. He argues he was bullied in the workplace until his job was terminated. Construction engineering argued his job was terminated because of a downturn in construction work due to the global financial crisis in late 2008. Oh, a convenient story from Mr. Organass over here. A very convenient story from the phantom flatulator. Of course he would blame the global financial crisis while he's tootalooing all over the office, making my life a fucking misery while he's at it. The absolute nerve. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to fart in my direction, touch me inappropriately or smell my hair in that order, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. I think James is coming up. James R, I see him in the chat. He's probably waiting for me to go. He's probably parked on the side somewhere in front of a trash can. So until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Do so safely. Why don't you try and go for the ultimate Biden? Inappropriately touch someone whilst farting. That's worth 10 internets. Just to let you know. And you might become president one day. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye-bye.